We need more people who are serious. We need less people who are running for office because of their ego. So whether you believe something or not, we have a lot of work to do, and that's going to take both parties to work together to make sure that there's election integrity. It's going to take both parties to work together on immigration reform. It's going to take both parties to work on serious solutions for the economy and for inflation. Welcome to Political Contessa. I'm Jennifer Nassor, and this show is here to support your interests in center-right politics, policy, and breaking news. Listen in and discover how to awaken your inner ideal candidate, and if you're ready, how you can jump in and change the world as a runner or a supporter. Welcome to Political Contessa. If you or a friend have ever considered running or you know a woman who should, I've got something just for you. My quick guide called Secrets from the Campaign Trail. It will show you five signs to tell you you're ready to enter the political arena. To get these tips and learn about all new podcast episodes and ways to get involved, head over to politicalcontessa.com. Hello, and welcome to Political Contessa. I am Jennifer Nassour, and I am your Political Contessa. So we just passed the midterms, 2022. This was supposed to be a red wave. I had a word I was going to use before the red wave, like big effing red wave. Well, as uh, someone I was on, a Democrat, Democratic strategist that I was on a, uh, a TV show with as a panelist the night of the election, called it after she said it was red puddle. It wasn't a red puddle, but it was really like a red deflated balloon. So we were supposed to have this red wave wherever you live in the country. Hopefully you live someplace that Republicans are elected. Florida, Ohio. Good. Good for you, Georgia. At least you got Kemp. I live in the great blue, 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 blue state of Massachusetts. So I'm going to I'm going to touch on two things today. And my next couple of podcasts, just to warn you, might be about the great shit show of 2022 for Republicans. So I guess I'll start in Massachusetts first, because I'm a bit apoplectic about what happened here. So the Massachusetts Republican Party is a disaster, like of epic proportions, like think of no money, totally broke, in debt. And it's kind of like, it's terrible. It's exactly everything that you wouldn't want your state party to be. You wouldn't want your friend to be. You wouldn't want a colleague to be. You wouldn't want, you know, just kind of pulls you down, weighs you down, doesn't lean into the issues, doesn't talk about anything that's relevant. And as a matter of fact, is headed by a party chairman, wait, hold on, get this, I'm not even joking, who has made comments that he is not interested in winning elections. Well, that's good because he actually then did everything that he was hoping to do by not winning elections. So 
he is a disaster. He needs to go. But, you know, that's insider baseball and you don't care about that. Right. But it's it's important because of this, because a lot of my podcasts, I say it's about democracy. I don't mean to sound like Joe Biden. I mean, to sound like someone who lives in a very blue state who is controlled by one party. And we need to be electing people from both parties. We also need people from both parties who are going to work together. To me, that is democracy. I don't give a crap about what Biden says, how the Democrats think that they've stolen this term democracy. We all live here in the United States of America because we want democracy. And by the way, if you're listening and you don't give a crap about democracy, get the hell out. We don't need you here. We don't want you here. And please stop listening to my podcast. I have no interest in speaking to you. Clearly, I'm very pissed off about this week. So we live in a land of democracy. We have two parties. In the two parties, we have polarization. In that polarization, we see what just happened this year. We in Massachusetts, and I think in other states around the country, have folks who are heading up our parties who actually don't care about winning elections. They feel like their message is the right message, and they will eventually teach people. Yep, they're going to teach people. So when one third of the voting population comes out and actually votes, these folks are teaching people something. Well, we need to go back and teach people civics and their civic duty is to vote. Okay, Massachusetts, we've got 200 members of the legislature. We, as in there are 200 members in our legislature between our state Senate and our House of Representatives in Massachusetts, 25 of those, yep, 25 are now Republican elected officials out of 200. Out of all of our members of Congress, senators, and members of Congress, we have no Republicans. Out of all of our statewide offices, we have no Republicans. So we're doing great. I'm not sure about that whole, you know, teaching people a lesson and not winning elections. So again, he did pretty good on the not winning elections part. The only person who did win in our legislative contingency who did win, who was a non-incumbent, is a person who basically ran his own campaign, stayed in his own lane, did his own thing, and ignored all the messaging coming from Crazy Town USA from the Mass Republican Party. Pretty pathetic, I have to say. I am incredibly pissed off. I'm focusing now on getting this jackass out of there, so that way we could start winning elections and bring actual democracy Back to Massachusetts, you know, where there's like something that looks like two parties or the Republicans are being taken halfway seriously, especially those men and women who are elected to our legislature and cannot forget all of the locally elected town officials who do an amazing job. Okay, that's my little tirade in Massachusetts. I'm pissed. There's a lot more that goes into that where folks who should have been paying attention to our state committee didn't pay attention. But again, totally inside baseball. Not going to bore you with that. Let's move on to national. Red wave, big tidal wave, tsunami, knocking everyone out. Bye bye to Speaker Pelosi. Go back to Napa or to Italy to be the ambassador, wherever she was going. We were saying, you know, sayonara to Chuck Schumer. Nope, not so not so fast. So the power, the power of the media has us all believing what 
the media wants us to believe, though the Democrats did believe that this was going to happen, too. And I'll tell you why, because historically, historically, though this 2022 is now going to go down in history and be a model for everyone around the country in midterm elections. Historically, the party in power in the White House loses in the midterms and loses pretty pretty substantially, you know, between 25 to 40 seats, depending on the year, depending on the messaging, depending on upon how much of a disaster the president of the United States is at that time. Well, currently, we are up by, I believe, six seats in the House, and we are down in the United States Senate. Now, by the time this podcast comes out, those numbers might be different. So I'm not going to speculate anything, but I will speculate on this. We did lose the Senate. Senate remains in Democratic control. That would be fine if we had an overwhelming majority in the House, but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. And numbers, early numbers show that we should have won by about 13 to 17 as a as a baseline. We are barely a handful over the Democrats. That is pathetic. So I could Monday morning quarterback I can prognosticate. I can tell you, you know, all those things. There are a couple of things that are very important to note here. One, the economy is in the tank. Inflation is twice, nearly twice what wages are. And economy, inflation and crime, which in most major cities around the country is continuing to get worse because of rogue DAs and socialist mayors. So the economy, inflation, and crime. These are great, great things for Republicans to run on. These are the issues that we can nail time and time again. The Supreme Court came out with their decision on Dobbs and reverse Roe v. Wade this summer. That did not help us, nor did our messengers, because our old white boy boy network that is elected to office cannot message Mm, let's see, they can't message ivory to an elephant, let alone be able to message abortion rights to women across the country. And so instead of spinning this as it's a good thing in states, they run around and saying, we're going to take more and more away from you. Again, I don't mean that reversing Roe v. Wade was a good thing. I'm saying it is a good thing for states to have their own interpretation of laws because every state is different. Because here in Massachusetts, I don't believe the same thing that you do in Idaho or in North Dakota or in Arizona. We have our own little ecosystems in all of our places. Our friends believe our own things. I believe in states' rights. I actually don't mind that. Okay, so move on from that. That will probably get me some hate mail. So we have four, four messengers. We also still have Trump derangement syndrome. Now, I'm going I'm to put these two characters together, the Trump derangement syndrome and the poor messengers. Our poorest messenger in 2020 is Donald Trump. And whether you like him or you don't like him, I, I don't really care. It doesn't matter to me unless this is your best friend. I don't really care. Right. His he's kind of obnoxious or he is super obnoxious, but his policies were great and his policies kept the nation safe, kept our borders secure and our economy was going well. And I like having businessmen 
in or businesswomen, someone who understands something outside of the D.C. bubble as president. That's that's a good thing. Governors. That's why governors are always great presidents, because governors understand what it's like to be a smaller version of a president. So Trump comes out mm, seven days, six days before the election and starts teasing everyone in Iowa when he was out there campaigning for Senator Chuck Grassley goes out and starts teasing that he has something to tell everyone and kept teasing it and kept teasing it because the more that the crowd cheered, the more he was excited by this. The last thing we need is another old guy in the corner office. I don't again, I don't care if you love him. It doesn't matter to me. He's going to be the exact same age that Joe Biden was when he was elected. If he gets elected again, aren't we done with this? Aren't we done with old people running the country? Joe Biden and what's his face are the newest senator from Pennsylvania, right? They're going to sit together and babble together because each of them maybe has a quarter of a brain left. We need more people who are serious. We need less people who are running for office because of their ego. So Trump made a couple of big mistakes here. Number one, Anytime, and Elizabeth Warren, by the way, did the same exact thing in getting involved in Democratic primaries and trying to get the most liberal, socialist, partisan running for office on the left, as Trump did on the right. We cannot have candidates out there saying that elections are stolen. We can leave that to pundits. We could leave that to each and every one of us. But that is not for someone who is running for office to talk about because we need to have election integrity. So whether you believe something or not, we have a lot of work to do, and that's going to take both parties to work together to make sure that there's election integrity. It's going to take both parties to work together on immigration reform. So we don't have 2,000 migrants wandering over the border every single day. It's going to take both parties to work on serious solutions for the economy and for inflation. And when we have someone out there on either side who is clamoring that they want the person who most meets their views, they are one person out of 330 million in this in this country. So Donald Trump going off and opening his mouth right before the election, I think, is what actually lost the election for so many Republicans because he should have stayed quiet. It wasn't about him. This election was not about him. And even people who he hand selected when they first came out as election deniers and they first came out professing everything about Trump and how wonderful he was, they backtracked from that because they realized that that wasn't helping their poll numbers. But what was was talking about the policies, the Republican Party policies. Those aren't Trump policies. Those are Republican Party policies going back to our core, would have won us the election. Keeping personality out of it would have won us the election. But that didn't happen here. So I, for one, am an incredibly pissed off, white, educated, suburban woman who is a Republican, who does read the press, read the news, watch the news, stays informed. I am aggravated because I think that we did this to ourselves.
And I hope that our leaders, our next round of leaders, leaders my age, come out, grow a set of balls, stand up against the craziness on both sides of the aisle, but specifically on the Republican side and say enough is enough. We need to regain our message. We need to take control again. You totally screwed us this election cycle. You need to go away. And I hope that it's someone like a Ron DeSantis. And maybe it's a Mike Pompeo or it's a Chris Christie or it's a Nikki Haley or Tim Scott or Rick Scott. I don't actually care. But right now, I'm hoping that we see a whole new crop of leaders who come out and have the nerve to buck the trend, the terrible trend of what's going on. And by the way, if you're a Democrat listening to this, get rid of that hag, Elizabeth Warren. Make sure she gets put in her place, too, because the two of them are screwing up this country. And it's your fault also to continue to elect someone like that. OK, that's my incredibly aggravated podcast. <laughs> I will come down eventually. I'm still really mad because the whole purpose of having elections is a competition and the best people are supposed to win. And when you're winning, every coach has a different strategy, which is every campaign, every candidate. One size fits all doesn't work, doesn't work across the country. But Republicans, we need to get our message together. It is lower taxes. It is lower crime. It is less government intervention. I don't care what you do in your bedroom. Doesn't affect me. At the end of the day, it is what you can put your head down on the pillow at night and deal with. So the Republican Party needs to get back to our principles. And if not, I think that the electorate needs to get more smart, more educated, more well-read, and actually go and vote so we don't have elections that are won only by one-third of the electorate going out and actually voting. All right. This is Jennifer Nassau, your political contessa. Say happy, healthy, and safe. Thanks so much for listening to Political Contessa. For all the ways to listen and to get the inside scoop on what's happening in center-right politics for women like us, head over to politicalcontessa.com. Contessa.com.